So uh, we are in the middle of a series uh, about slavery to sonship. Um, but before I wanted to, to uh, I mentioned this when I came back from sabbatical that the, this was coming and it is finally here. I forgot it last week. Um, that's just me. But starting this Tuesday at 730 um, at Paloma Blanca, I am going to begin my study through the wardrobe. And we're going to be studying first C.S. Lewis and walking through his life and then a lot of his works. And then we're going to take it from there and go into other authors. Um, Tolkien, I will probably teach on G.K. Chesterton. Um, some other uh, Dorothy Sayers, um, different writers uh, in the theological realm. Uh, and so we invite you to come Tuesday, 730 at Plumma Blanca down there on Broadway. Um, you can show up and ask at the front desk where I am, and, uh, and they will uh, point you out, because I think I'm going to be roving there. Um, it may be in one room, the garden room, it may be in another, depending on the week and what they have going on. So, but Tuesdays, 730 there at Paloma. I'd love to, love to see you there. Uh, the pumpkins are still out there, pumpkins with a purpose. Uh, we'd love for you to join in that, to get your pumpkins there. That money goes to amazing ministries here in our church and actually around the world. And then also what Daryl said about the October uh, outreach for Jesus Said Love. If you have questions about any of those things, please ask us. Um, just on a, on a side note, how many of you are on the city? Okay, um, not many of you. The rest of you, um, Jesus wants to see you afterwards. And you may not know what it is. The city is our tool. It's an online resource that we use to, um, to get information out there, to, um, to engage in community in ways that we have not been able to. A church our size, it's tough to tell everybody what's going on every Sunday. Somebody always says, well, I didn't know about that. Um, and we're like, too bad. We didn't want you there anyway. But uh, so we're, we're using the city for this, for information dissemination, to get stuff out there, to uh, have your groups uh, form and to express prayer concerns and things like that. It is a wonderful resource for our community, and I would love for you uh, to, to join it. If you're a regular attendee here, it is something that would be very beneficial to you. Daryl can answer more questions about the city as I really, that's the extent of my knowledge. I am done. Um, so uh, see Daryl afterwards. He's really smart about stuff like that and many other things. So as I said, we are in... Um, uh, this series where we're working from changing our relationship to God and how we see God. Going from an understanding of God as king to God as father. Going from an, an understanding of ourselves as, as orphans to ourselves as sons and daughters. Shifting our identity. If you remember um, uh, quite a while ago when we did the Exodus series... One of the things that we talked about in Exodus, what was going on there was God was reshaping the identity of the people of Israel. Do you remember this? It, it, step after step, magnificent moment after magnificent moment as God is, is redeeming them, as God is bringing them from slavery, literally, into sonship. Over and over again, he is teaching them who they are, not who they believe themselves to be. Because for 400 years they had been told that they were slaves. But God was reclaiming that and saying, no, 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 no. You're my daughter. You're my son. You're heirs to the kingdom of heaven. He was reshaping their identity. It took him 40 years. Now, for us, um, thankfully we don't live in the desert. We live in what feels like an oven sometimes, but this is why we live, is for these few weeks of this beautiful weather. This is why we live here, right? Um, 
we don't have the pressures that they have. We're not coming out of an existence of being a slave in the way that they did. But we still have been stuck in slavery. We still have been stuck in this mentality that we have to strive and that we have to work and that we have to do certain things in order to get value. When in truth, what God tells us is, you have value because you're my child. You have value because I love you. So I had a conversation with someone right after the service at 9.30. And they came up to me and they're asking me, so how do you, what are the steps you need to do to get from being a, a slave to, to being a son? Like, I get the idea, but what, what do I need to do? And I'm like, if you're asking that question, you've already got it wrong. If you're trying to figure out which hoop you need to jump through, which box you need to check, how many prayers you need to pray, how often you need to fast, how many times you need to come to worship. If you are trying to go down that road in order to achieve your relationship as daughter, as son, then you're already on the wrong road. Because you can't do it that way. Here's the problem, though. The church, somewhere along the way, with really good intentions started focusing on the wrong thing. What we began to do, and I don't know how many years ago this was, but what the church began to do was to focus on salvation and heaven. That's it. Do you know where you'll go tonight if you die? We focus on that and we hammer people. Would you pray this prayer with me right now? Great, check, moving on. You're okay now. You've checked off the Jesus box. I don't know why I'm going southern on this. <laughs> but we focused on this, right? This is what we've just been driving towards. No Jesus, no Jesus, no Jesus. Okay, great. You're done. Now just sit around and wait until you die and then you get to go to heaven. Because essentially that's what it is. If you, if you only focus on um, this salvation that I, I said the prayer and, and I accepted Jesus into my heart, and, if, and all that's next is heaven, then it's just a waiting game. Okay. I mean, last week, those of you here, we really thought it was going to be last week, right? When the lights started going nuts. Were you all here for that? When Jesus was coming? That was awesome. Like, ah! But we're still waiting. You ever go to a doctor's office and they're very particular about when you show up? It's like, if you're not here within 15 minutes of your appointment time, you're going to have your thing canceled and we're going to charge you and pay you. Anyone ever been seen on time at a doctor's office? Yeah. My father-in-law is a doctor and I, uh, he's not in the room right now, so I can say this. Yeah, no. But you wait and you wait. And what do you do in the waiting room? It's the worst experience ever. You sit around and you look at the other people awkwardly. I wonder what he has. The people that are like coughing, you're like, oh, great. And then the magazines. Like, I'm going to pick up a magazine in a doctor's office. <laughs> and put it down and then the next person comes. Yeah, that's brilliant. This is a great idea. These are things we should all think about. I, I have issues, I know. But it's this horrible experience of sitting in the waiting room. Every time the door opens, you're like, You know, is it, is it me? No. I spent a lot of time in the doctor's office. 
But in truth, that's what the church has done is we've made life a waiting room. Is, is we've gone, okay, you know Jesus now, and I sit around and pick up other people's magazines and just wait. Wait until the door opens and it's Jesus going, I'm ready for you now. But I don't think that's the way it should be. Right? Let's look at what Jesus did. When Jesus was with his disciples, he's, when the disciples came to this moment where they realized that Jesus was the Messiah and the Son of God, Jesus didn't go, good job, sit down and wait. No. He's like, all right, now the fun begins, people. Here we go. Because when that realization happens, when you understand that you're adopted into the family of God, God says, okay, you're one of the family, now pick up the family business. This isn't a waiting game. In Mark chapter 1, verse 15, Jesus says this, The time promised by God has come at last. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. Now, Daryl, who is, I said, much smarter on many things and many people, pointed out that the word near there in Greek, in Greek is, it's all Greek to me, is in Giso. And what in Giso means is near, but it means near in a next of kin sort of way. It's a familial word. Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is, is family. When you are adopted as a son and a daughter into the family of God, then, if you have the understanding of the disciples did, you join the family business. And the family business of Jesus is bringing the kingdom of God. The family business of Jesus is not to sit around in a waiting room reading magazines. The family business. Think about it this way. Why was Jesus a tecton? Why was Jesus a carpenter? Anybody answer? Because Joseph was his dad. Why was Paul a tent maker? His dad was a tent maker. You follow in the business of your family. Everybody, you would do what your parents did. So when Jesus comes along and we're adopted into the family of God, we join the family business. And the family business is to bring the kingdom of heaven. You don't bring the kingdom of heaven sitting in a waiting room. You bring the kingdom of heaven by incorporating this Jewish idea of tikkun olam. This idea of bringing restoration to all things. Joel Harris gave me this uh, wonderful picture, reminded me of this wonderful picture of tikkun olam and what that is. It's, say you take this beautiful vase, this ceramic vase, and you throw it down and you smash it into so many different pieces. Tikkun Olam is taking all those pieces and putting them back together and restoring that vase to its beauty. So we live in a broken world. We live in a world that has been smashed apart in multiple pieces. And what the family business is, the business that we belong to, is to come alongside and to pick up these pieces and to see where they fit and to restore them to their beauty. The family business is Jesus said love is to go in these places where people don't know the love of Christ and they feel like the church has shunned them. And to say, look, we don't always get it right and we're really sorry about that. 
We don't necessarily agree with what you're doing, but we're not here to judge or condemn. What we're here to tell you is that you are a child of God and God loves you. End of story. If we want to truly be children of God, we've got to work in his business. We've got to bring the kingdom of heaven. And that's like, what? How do you do that? You know, bringing the kingdom of heaven. You know, I just, I don't know, I just wrestling moment for some reason. Here's how. First of all, you have to acknowledge that you can't do it. You have to acknowledge that you are not capable of bringing the kingdom of heaven. That's God's job. Our job is to join. Our job is to do three things. One, see where God is moving in power. Notice where he's moving. Be aware, be open, be alert to the movement of God. When you enter into a situation and you just feel the power of the Holy Spirit, I'll tell you, I'm about to go on a really big tangent right now, and you're all just going to have to travel with me for a second. So last night, I don't know if you know this, um, <clears throat> but the Red Sox uh, won. That's right. And they're going to the World Series. Um, sorry, I just had to show my Red Sox there. So they're going to the World Series. And after the game, they were talking to this, um, to this one guy. He's a rookie. He's 21 years old, and he just came up, and he was playing third base last night, and he had a really great game. And, and they asked him, because he had a really important walk here deep in the, in, late in the game, um, they're like, well, you know, what were you thinking? Were you nervous? And he's like, I got to tell you, there's a 3-2 count. You know, this is a game to go to the World Series. Fenway Park, you're 21 years old in front of all of these people. And here's this amazing pitcher throwing this ball at you. He goes, and I just knew. He goes, I can't even explain what happened. When the ball left his hand, I just knew not to swing. He goes, it was something other. He wasn't going like God told me, don't swing. Although I see it as proof that God does love the Red Sox. But... There are those moments, and I'm not saying that that was one of them. It was just this reminder for me that there are those moments in my life when I know that God is telling me something, that God is going, hey, something's happening right here. You need to be aware of the movement of God, of me. I am moving right here. Do you see this? Do you feel it? Are you moving into this weird understanding of some people always... Some people tell me that when they feel God moving, they get really nauseous. I'm like, wow, that's not fun. I get a little, you know, the hair on the back of my neck stands up sometimes. I don't know. Sometimes God just speaks to me differently than some. But when you see God moving, acknowledge it. And thank him. Thank you. Thank you for moving. Thank you for moving in power right now. Thank you for being a God who says, I am not going to be distant. I'm going to be involved. Thank you for this. And then respond. Obey. Do something. Do something. So here's an idea. Every morning when you wake up, pray to God. God, where are you going to be today? Where are you going to be today? Where can I join with you? And bring in the kingdom. A lot of times what we try to do is we try to control that. 
We try to control our interactions with God by setting up different things. I want you to think about if God's ever moved in your life in this amazing way. If you've ever had an experience that you're like, you look back afterwards and you're like, whoa, that was cool. That was awesome. Are any of those moments planned? Did you set out on the day going, all right, I'm going to have a meeting at 930 at Starbucks and then at 1030 I'm going to run over, have some errands and then 11 o'clock I'm going to have this amazing movement with God and he's going to change my life forever. And then 1130 I'm going to meet uh, my wife for lunch um, and then, oh, if you're open, if you're just ready for the movement of the spirit, if you're ready for the movement of God, this is when God moves in. You're ready to see it. You thank him. You're like, all right, let's go. Because when God moves in power, most of the time he wants you to do something. When God gives you an opportunity to have a conversation with somebody, he doesn't want you to walk away. When God gives you the opportunity to share his love with someone that you wouldn't normally, he doesn't want you to shun them. God wants you to be a son, a daughter, to enter into the family business. To enter into the aspect of Tukum Alam, bringing restoration to all things. To go into this world of brokenness and to begin to join him in restoration. We can do this at home, at work, in our neighborhoods, stores, anywhere. Not too long ago, I had a um, conversation with someone. And I couldn't believe what they were saying. There's someone I know, not super well, but I know. And they were saying some things that just were really kind of threw me. And so I entered into almost a debate with this person. And it wasn't on theological grounds because he doesn't operate that way. But it was a theological debate. It was this assumption that People who come from a certain area are worth less than people who come from another. And I I, I couldn't believe that that was coming out of someone's mouth that I knew. I I couldn't believe that somebody would, would really feel that way and articulate it in a group of people. Unashamedly. And I got really upset and and, and I started kind of going after them a little bit and and just, I I think I handled it. I don't know. It disturbed me and what was said and how I handled it. Because the fact of the matter is, I think what God was doing was like, here's a moment where I'm going to move right now, Crocker. And I should have thanked him. And I should have moved with him. But instead, what I tried to do is I tried to do it on my own. Instead, what I tried to do is like, all right, well, I'm going to fix this. I know how to talk this guy into some sense. I know how to be in this conversation right now and handle this. God's like, hey, join me. Don't get in front of me. Join me. The thing about entering into this mindset, 
entering into this, this, this desire to be where God is and to move with God. Is it all the, all the effort comes in the preparation. All the effort doesn't come in those moments where God shows up. Because when God shows up and you've done all of that preparation, it's like... Vroom. But see, the thing was that on that day, I wasn't really prepared. I hadn't taken the effort to get my mind with God. I hadn't taken the time to really do the preparation and enter into the situation that I knew I was going into. In the light of, God, wherever you are, let me see and thank you and move. I just went in on my own. Ooh, here we go. If we truly want to be sons and daughters, if we truly want to make this shift from slavery into sonship, we need to be willing to give ourselves away. We need to be willing to understand that we don't have to have the answers, that we don't have to be the smartest person in the room, that we don't have to be the most verbose or use really big words that we just have to be his child when you get that the rest unfolds so let's join together and move in the kingdom of God let's pray Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you. We thank you and praise you that you are our dad. That you love us more than we can understand. That you long for us to be in the family business. God, help us to understand what that looks like for us. Help us to have the courage Every morning to wake up and say, God, wherever you are, let me join with you. And then give us the patience to listen. The eyes to see truly where you are. That we might join in Tikkun Alam. That we might join in the restoration of all things. God, we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' holy name, amen.